Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Wisconsin will bring in a new five, and Sean Respert will get his due, and we will let you enjoy it. Ladies and gentlemen, you are looking live at Inside the Locker Room. I am your co-host, Brian Mosalem, along with my co-host from CBS Sports, Justin Thin. Justin, how you doing, buddy? How you doing, Brian? It's good to be here again. It's great to be here. Great to have you. We got a 105-degree day. Yep. And uh, we got a lot to cover today. Yep. An absolute lot. We have a, a legend joining the show. We do. Probably before your time. Were you born when he was playing at MSU? Uh, No, I was not. Um, But still, the stories live on. The the legacy lives on. So obviously I have an appreciation. Uh, (laughs) Ladies and gentlemen, MSU great. Sean Rusbert joins the show. How is my fellow Spartan dog, Sean Rusbert? Where's he at? He's frozen. He's got to rejoin. All right, he's going to rejoin us. Little but, technical difficulties. But yeah, I guess but. in the meantime, you know, a little bit of his bio here. Um, obviously, as you said, played before my time, but from 1990 to 95, averaged 24 points per game in his MSU career. Second all time in scoring among Big Ten players. And obviously, MSU's all time leading scorer. He was two time All Big Ten. He was the NABC Player of the Year in 95. Draymond and Denzel also won that. Big Ten Player of the Year in 95. And his 24 is retired by Michigan State. You know, when I was there, I remember Fire and Ice, right, with Sean and uh, Eric Snow. And I remember what a sweet stroke. And he was able, you know, I know he was a uh, first-round draft pick. Yeah, eighth overall. And yep. I remember, like, it broke my heart as a three-seed losing to Weber State. You probably don't remember. No. <laughs> it was uh, maybe in 94, I think. When they lost to Weber State, just in one of Judd's last years, yeah, absolutely broke my heart. But uh, what a smooth stroke he had! I mean, he was, uh, you know, uh, one of the all-time Big Ten greats. Yeah. Absolutely, uh, one of the all-time MSU greats. Absolutely, first-round draft pick, Portland Trailblazers, yeah. eighth overall. Yes, eighth overall, and could absolutely stroke it. Yeah, and we're excited to have him join the show. Ready? Uh, we're gonna get him to join right now, any minute now. We're yeah. right, we're we're ready. MSU's all-time leading scorer kind of tells you tells you all you need to know. There, there have been a lot of great players to come through the program, and uh, for for Mr. Respert to hold that title, it speaks well, volumes. Well, you know what? What's interesting is that uh, is Coach Izzo was a uh, on. Uh, an assistant at the yes. time. Yeah. yeah right. Yeah, yeah. So it'll be very interesting interesting to hear his take on Izzo as an assistant. Yeah, that's true. You don't really you get know, that insight usually. You don't get that, right? Because yeah. uh, Izzo was making 20000 a year as a GA. Yeah. And, uh, and being an assistant coach. Yeah. And how he viewed Izzo. Yeah. Uh, so without further ado, one of the all-time MSU greats, Sean Respert. How you doing, brother? Man, uh, doing some last-minute work here, I guess, to get this internet work. <laughs> How you guys doing? You know, we're doing fantastic. It's 2022. If your internet isn't working, you ain't working, brother. <laughs> You're still freezing. <laughs> You're still. Can you hear us? 
Brian but, jinxed him with the joke. I did. I jinxed him <laughs> with a joke, you know. I absolutely jinxed him with a joke. So uh, we got to get him back up there. But uh, he's great frozen. Yeah, Does that's he look true. younger? When, you know, actually, he actually looks the same of when he played here. Yeah. He looks very good. Coached two years at uh, Memphis Grizzlies. Mm. Um, has, a, has done a lot of great things living yeah. in Houston, Texas. And I can't wait to hear some Judd and some Izzo stories. Yeah. Sean, why don't you uh, log, join back in? Frozen. <laughs> you know, if I can look like that 35 years later, I did good. I actually did good. Yeah. Uh, but uh, legendary Sean Respert. Is his internet off? It's frozen. Yeah. <laughs> Sean, you got to pay the internet bill, brother. <laughs> And that's what you got to do. That stuff we can't control. <laughs> You're lucky he can't hear you right now. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's a that's a great thing about technology and one of the negative things about technology. So let me see if I can get him to log back in and out. That's awesome. Yeah. But do you... Like, do you remember Fire and Ice or not? I've seen the posters, yep. Yeah. Yep. With Sixers legend Eric Snow, as I like to call him. Yeah. Oh, that's right. <laughs> that's right. So, yeah. you know what's funny is I remember um, ESPN would come hang a banner. They were playing yeah. Iowa. Uh huh. And uh, somebody passed away. One of Iowa's coaches was at the, uh, might have been George Raveling. Okay. And then I forgot who it was, but uh, there he is. He's back. Yeah. Sean I'm back, Rusbert. Man. This has been an adventure already. <laughs> you know what? It as as Mel Tucker says, it takes what it takes. It's it okay. Takes what it takes. We we all here, baby. How you guys doing, man? Good. How are you, man? We're doing good, man. Thank you for joining the show. We have uh, MSU legend Sean Resper joining the show. We're excited to have you. What's going on, Sean? Tell us a little bit about your life and uh, where you at. Where you what you doing now? I know you're living in Houston. Give us a little update. Been living in Houston for over two decades now. Uh, really enjoy, you know, being in the city. Uh, the last two years, I took a hiatus from coaching. My dad got sick uh, during the early COVID, and I uh, decided not to go back and just wanted to make sure I dedicated some time to take care of him and he and my mom. And uh, he got diagnosed with dementia and uh, Alzheimer's about four years ago, and it kind of took a steep dive and you know just really been nice to be in a position a lot of people you know unfortunately i aren't even in a position to do things like that and you know, god has blessed me to be able to do that and not have to miss a beat so it's just been great spending time with family and and now that uh we got my dad pretty much situated with all of his medical papers um just looking forward to getting back into coaching you are so you coached two years at the memphis grizzlies and uh Tell me about, tell us a little bit about your long-term plans. What are you, your, um, you know, do you want to get back in a college game, NBA game? Where do you see yourself headed? You know, it, it doesn't make a difference. I mean, for me, um, it's, you know, a lot of us spend a lot of years um, in our careers having to need to do things a certain way to build our status and, you know, get ourselves positioned, uh, especially our resumes and our experiences and, I reached a point in my place in my in my professional career that I want I can pick and choose and where I want to be, and um, that is again it's just a very fortunate place to be that I don't have pressure to have to go back to do certain things a certain way. I'm looking forward to pretty much just passing along experiences that I've had and allowing um, you know student athletes uh, who want to try to have the same path that I was able to take. Um, you know, doing things maybe it might take a little bit longer than what tradition, you know, what this new new era is doing. They, they're, they're one and done, two and done. But um, you still can, you know, you still can plant the foundation and allow uh, young players to understand that there's a process and it takes time. And I'm looking forward, you know, to just being able to work with a team, uh, college or pro, to be able to implement. I mean, I think it's more of raising young man I, I always say like uh basketball never really revealed my talent 
uh, it just really revealed my character. And I'm, mm. I'm so thankful that most people um, remember the type of person I was more so than the type of player I was. You had that kid and play hairdo back then. I was looking at that, you know. <laughs> Remind me of kid and play, you know, back then. I couldn't could grow that much hair on, on my own face. <laughs> I my hair. So, Sean, you talked about the experiences that you have and wanting to impress them upon kids these days. So, when you coached in the NBA for the Grizzlies, what are some of the things you took away from that? What was that experience like? And I guess kind of just pull the curtain back on what it's like to be an NBA assistant coach um, for the people that don't know. You know, my first four years I was with uh, Houston Rockets, and that was such an incredible experience. I had Tracy McGrady, who had been a teammate of mine um, from from the Raptors, and I was actually coaching them. That's how, you know, I saw many years had gone by um, from from my playing experience with him uh, to all the way to my first year of coaching. And then I had, I had Yao Ning, I had mm -hmm. Luis Scola, Carl uh, Landry, Kyle Lowry. And I think those experiences, like that team spoiled me. They were such a cohesive group. Um, it was it was it was a team that had ran off 22 uh, regular season win streaks, and it was just an amazing thing to watch a team gel together, become selfless, and just care about winning. Um, and I think that's what cemented for me, like the type of things I wanted to establish in the coaching industry is is that kind of cohesion and chemistry that team had and, and see if you could duplicate that because they were such an incredible group to be able to do that. Shane Battier who was a Michigan mm. obviously a country day native um, was another one of the guys on the team. I had the uh, former Ron Artest mm. and mm. Uh, it was just it was just it was it was incredible to watch a bunch of tough hard-nosed selfless guys just come together and yeah. then I as I went on to Minnesota and then Memphis um, I had Zebo in Memphis, and, mm. and Zach Randolph was, you know, another all-time great at Michigan State. Oh yeah, yeah. And uh, you know, he did a he did a wonderful job, and I and I got him, you know, right before uh, the latter years of his playing career. Uh, Mike Conley, who's a Big Ten all-time great. So it's you know, it's, it's it was it was great to just continue team to team. And then my last stop with Chicago Bulls, I got an opportunity to coach with Jim Boylan, and mm. uh, he was he was great for me. Um, linking back up with a person who uh, started my career at Michigan State before he had left uh, to move on to the Houston Rockets himself back in '92, and uh, we had man, we had a good experience. And then my, you know, my last uh, year of, uh, before COVID, I had an opportunity to truly work with Zach Levine um, and watching him grow. Uh, and it really, as I said, it wasn't about basketball. It really was about developing his characters, his maturity about how he dealt with the game the ups and the downs and so it's wonderful unfortunately not being there but to still talk to the uh, Zach Levine a year later and see him finally make the all-star team now two years in a row and um, take his team to the playoffs with the help of uh, DeRozan and Caruso yeah. and Lonzo Paul. I'll tell you you know like I, you were, you're my contemporary right because uh, you I think you graduated in 94 I got there in 92 so I remember many games watching you, and uh, God, I remember we were playing Iowa. We were Tom Davis. They had a, they had a, there was a, a moment of silence. I forgot who passed away, and uh, we were up. Was, we were uh, up fifteen, with like yeah. three or four minutes left, and lost. Yeah, and our, yeah. We uh, that was Val Barnes, AC Earl, that group. Uh, Jess Settles, I think, was on that team. It was. Uh, it was a very good Iowa team, but yeah, they lost. Uh, uh, they lost a. Uh, Roy Marble. No, no, that was a little bit older. They lost a um, six-eight um, kid that had uh, gotten into an accident with a, uh, his truck, slid ran into a snowplow, and ended mm. up so, getting killed. So. Yeah, because I'll never forget that because I I remember the ESPN sign hanging up in the in the Breslin, and I took it. <laughs> I took it home with me. I took it home. I put it in my apartment. <laughs> I I'll never forget that, you know. Um, yeah, we had some. We had some. We had some. We had some great memories, man. I mean, to go in there and, and to Dresden. You know, I was there the year after Steve Smith had, and those guys had won their first uh, Big Ten championship uh, in the opening year, and that was amazing to watch. And then to get a chance to play with Steve Smith, who was all universe. Um, tell amazing. us a story. 
tell us a story about like uh, Izzo and Judd and their interactions, and you know, you know, because when you were there, Iz was an assistant, right? So, what, you know, it's interesting because we'd like to hear the dynamic there. You know, um, there's like I don't have like a bunch of funny, weird stories to tell about because Coach was like always consistent with me. Um, and I think he kind of had to be because I wasn't somebody who was going to, you know, be up and down myself. I, I was, I felt like I was pretty consistent myself. But I do remember, you know, in, in, uh, in my red shirt freshman year when I didn't play, um, I, I remember Coach always, like, sneaking around trying to figure out where I was. He'd go over to the intermill business. He'd go down to <laughs> Anthony Community College. He'd go behind the bus station. He'd go on to the outdoor course behind Case uh, Hall on campus. And I mean, he just always was trying to figure out where the heck I was trying to get in my hand because I was supposed to be resting my knee. And I, I, would, I felt like I always had to have a like a plan. I, I did like a surveillance run around the place first to just make sure that there were no cars parked there to watch me when I would go out outside and work on my, my game a little bit. And, I mean, I, he was just always adamant about – I know he wanted me healthy. He wanted me to make sure I was doing okay because Pep Lowski had the same injury and wasn't – you know, didn't respond as well early. So I think they were a little bit fearful of that. But, you know, they, they weren't going to stop me. I, I had been out a year already. I just – I really want to, you know, be ready to play and be at my best. Uh, you know, I'll tell you, Pep, Pep – you know, dubbed me the one of the most charismatic freshmen ever to come out of Michigan State. Just, <laughs> just an FYI, he was in class with me. We would draw pictures, you know. Which I don't know if that's an indictment on Pep that he's in class with a freshman, but uh, he was good people. So, so we got this coaching career. But you know, there's something you've done that's very, very special, right? This, this Sean Respert golf outing. Um. You're actually hosting your 23rd golf outing on June 27th. And this thing is an absolute gem and beauty. And, and how did this originate? How do, how do you start doing this? Um, past the team, you know, when I was at Michigan State, you know, he kind of, he kind of, when he graduated, you know, he, step aside and allowed me to step into a position that I was in uh, to try to you know, become the new leader of that team. Um, and we had great guys, you know, get me wrong. I'm taking that away from Mark Montgomery and Dwayne Stevens, who were part of my early years. And Kutlowski and Matt Stegendale did such a tremendous job allowing me to play the position I played. But uh, Steve Smith started this, uh, this golf outing with the West uh, Michigan Alumni Club. And, they, and that, they, I started as a guest. Uh, coming in years and years ago um, with my coaching career. It just didn't allow me to be consistently there enough uh, to, to make a full commitment. But the last couple of years with COVID have allowed me to be home and be available. So I finally kind of crossed over into, uh, you know, Steve Smith stepped down and then they gave me an opportunity again to step in right behind him. And it seems like I'm always following something great that he sets up. And I can't take credit for that. We just that those, those uh, that alumni group out there in Grand Rapids have done such a tremendous job of uh, just setting up a, a golf outing and, and an alumni club that just does a wonderful job of raising money and uh, being very consistent with allowing, you know, all types of guests. I think this year we're going to have some special guests. I hate to pull the lid off a little bit early, and I, so I have to keep a little bit of secret for maybe one more week, but we got some good guests, uh, VIP celebrity guys are going to come out. Um, a lot of former players have been in the past, and we're going to have continue to have that and have even more uh, former players. We have um, trying to get Coach Mel Tucker and his coaching staff. And Tuck, you hear that, Tuck? We need you there. <laughs> yeah. Come on, Tuck. I mean, you, you came you came <laughs> a couple years ago, and you had the fresh Michael Jordan uh, golf shoes, <laughs> and you were supposed to bring me a pair. I told you I'd take the ones off the feet. I knew you could go buy another pair. Um but Tuck came, and he, you know, he, he definitely gave like, you know, a few minutes of love, and I appreciate that. And he's done a man such a heck of a job uh, with the program already, and I'm so proud of him. Not just as a Michigan State, but you know, um, there is an awareness in the in the world now about minorities, 
and the type of opportunities that we're getting now. And he, he's doing the most for his opportunity. I'm so proud of that for him. Well, I'll tell you what, we're going to tweet out the link to the invite to the golf outing. We're going to push it out on social media. Um, we love you. You're a brother. You're a Spartan dog, SD4L. We're going to get as many people to this golf outing as we can. We're going to try and get Tuck there and push them. And um, we appreciate, you know, one thing about the Spartan family is we stay close. And we never forget about those that have elevated the program and those that have done the things. And uh, we want to thank you for joining our show. And uh, we appreciate you, one of the all-time MSU greats, Sean Respert. Uh, appreciate you joining us, and uh, we're going to send out more info about, about the golf outing. So uh, thank you for joining us, brother. Thank you, Appreciate Sean. you. Thank you, man. Love you guys. You guys keep doing great work, man. You're changing the world. Keep doing that. We're trying. We're trying. But appreciate, appreciate your time, you. Man. Thanks, Sean. All right. Take care, brother. I'll tell you, he's a yeah. man. What a gem. Absolutely. What an absolute gem. I'll tell you, we'll, we'll send that out. Yeah, for sure. Tucker. Speaking of Tuck. Tuck lands four stars. It's getting a little bit of that, you yeah. know? Yeah. Real quick. Everyone right now is looking at Michigan State. The entire country on a national level, everyone wants to know what's going to happen in Michigan State right now. And we're going to prove that it is real. Everybody wants to know what's happening next. By the way, Kathy Sosa, um, you said Sean Respert is your favorite player. Thank you. We agree. Thank you for watching the show. He is a legend. Appreciate you. Um, but everybody wants to know what MSU football is up to. And that's why we have our recruiting expert here. Justin, go ahead. Lead the way. Four stars galore. They have five four-star commits so far this month, I believe. Uh, it's hard to keep track of at this point. <laughs> but, yeah, so another couple committed last night. We had Jalen Braxton and Clay Whedon join the fold uh, the last couple of days. I guess we can dive into Braxton here first, whose graphic you see up on the screen. He's a Texas four-star cornerback. He is the, the second four-star Texas cornerback to commit to Michigan State in the last eight or nine days, the other being Chance Rucker. When you're landing multiple Texas four-star DBs, you're on your way to building a winning formula. That is for sure. Then you have um, Clay Whedon, uh, who also committed yesterday. He's a four-star offensive lineman from Florida. He's a guy that was also going to visit Auburn here in the near future. Canceled that visit in order to commit to Michigan State. Uh, gave my co-host Corey Robinson some great quotes on why Michigan State was the place for him. Just another guy from the South, SEC country, four-star, that can come in here and make an impact, 6'6", 295 pounds. And then going a little further back into the timeline, uh, since we lasted a show, um, Jordan Hall. Mama Hall. Oh, yeah, his mom is Mama, a great. I, Mama Hall, we respect you. Yep. We take, we're going to take good care of your son. Don't yeah. you worry about it. Yep. Great personality there uh, from the whole family in terms of embracing Michigan State. But, yeah, Jordan Hall, four-star linebacker from IMG, had um, an official visit to Michigan scheduled, an official visit to Notre Dame scheduled, came off of an official visit from Florida. He decided that he was going to cancel those two visits to Michigan and Notre Dame and commit to Michigan State. And uh, the do we hold on? Do we have that Jordan Hall video? Play it. First of all, I just want to say how blessed and honored I am to be here with um, my family. They sacrificed a lot. Um, they have sacrificed a lot to get me where I am today. Um, you know, I've been presented with a lot of great opportunities, and you know, I can say that you know, this past weekend I decided to make that decision to become a sporting dog. I've been rapping for six months. I'm a third take. Yeah, that that went through the roof. Ooh. Kept me speeding on Broadway. Yeah. I was switching lanes in the burgundy Chevy Coupe. Cool. I've been working my soul. Ain't no time for sleeping. Not here making these money move. I done made a few hundreds on revenue. Yeah. And the rest of them back what I'm telling you. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
know, his mom has to be so proud. Yeah. I mean, think about that. I mean, how rare is that for a recruit to commit? Oh yeah. Uh, uh, on his visit. Yeah. Is that- um, is that something that's very rare? Yeah, it's not common. Uh, Michigan State has had maybe one person do that a weekend, maybe two, and you see there's double-digit guys, so less than 10% of the kids we're looking at, less than 20%, so yeah. Wow. Yeah. And, mean, and to do it in that fashion in front of a room with not only recruits that you only somewhat know, their families that you don't know at all, um, whoever else is there, the whole coaching staff. So that speaks to the fact that, um, Corey Robinson figured out he was the only three-time captain in IMG football history. Mm. To be a three-time captain at IMG, the only one to ever do it. Wow, best and his, the brightest. You yeah, know? speaks to his characteristics, and they were on full display in that video. You, you know, you're right, because that video tells you that uh, yep. he's a leader, mm-hmm. that he's willing to do that, yep. make it live, commit right there. Yep. He's willing to dive all in. Yeah, and it makes an impact on the kids that are there watching it and seeing the reaction they get from the coaches, seeing what it means for the program. And it's, um, it, it kind of spreads. And, um, and then you can also see his mom and the quotes that she gave to Corey and just the way she's been representing Michigan State on social media and stuff. That matters to recruits too because they need holistic buy-in from not just other kids that are committed but their parents from everybody and that shows that the culture is worth committing to if you're undecided but you know you see that the trust they have in tuck inside mm-hmm. Khalif mm-hmm. and the whole staff yep they believe in the vision you, you 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 don't pull five or six kids out of Texas yeah uh you know fly you know driving flying whatever 2500 miles 3,000 yeah. miles yeah if you don't believe yeah in, in what they're doing right because it's very hard to let your your son go yeah right and yeah. say here you go go yeah. 3000 miles yeah. away so it's very clearly a mel tucker vision yeah that's transpiring yeah absolutely cuz sure. we've never had reach into texas yeah and into georgia yeah places like that state yeah. of washington mm-hmm. on on a consistent basis yeah. and and, uh, and and you can see like the the sports cars and the rolls royce calling in and all these cars parked there and those are great they're important for perception they really move the needle with these kids. But keep in mind, kids aren't committing just because of those. You're not committing to a school a thousand miles away just based on flash. That tells you they're coupling the flash with the substance. Yeah, that I mean, you. if you think about it, right? Like if you're a, if you're a D lineman, yeah. you got Brandon Jordan, who's yes. coached almost 200 NFL players. Yep. And then you got two inside guys from Vic and uh, um, Marco Coleman. Yep. Marco Coleman that have over 20 years of NFL experience. Mm-hmm. So. These young men are smart. Yeah. They know what they're looking at. Yeah. And they're also not betting on the short term, mm-hmm. penny wise, pound foolish. They know yeah. that the future lies over the next 10, 15, yeah. 20 years. So, yep. you know, um, I give them credit. I absolutely give them credit. For sure. Yeah. So. Demetrius Bell. What else we got? Oh, yeah. Demetrius Bell also committed uh, last week. Uh, he was a uh, he was on the first visitors weekend uh, that Michigan State had in the month of June. And he went ahead and committed on the visit and then took a couple of days to go ahead and put the uh, commitment tweet out there. And uh, he was also a four star on the composite. So uh, Michigan State landed a four star Tennessee wide receiver. And uh, he's yeah, he's another one of the guys that have joined the joined the fold this month. So we got a hundred thousand smile just for my portion. When is the last time Michigan State University yeah. has been able to say that? Not in not in my memory span, Brian. That's that's maybe you have a time I, period. You know, I don't know that. much about recruiting, <laughs> but not in my memory span either. Okay, I don't. You know, uh, historically the strategy has been the three hundred mile radius. Yeah. yeah. And which which makes sense, right? Yeah. The kids that get homesick and come home. Yeah. But this reach. Mm-hmm. This reach that has expanded yeah. to a national brand. Yeah. Mel Tucker has the country mm-hmm. on tilt. Yeah. And there are national reporters that cover recruiting and we're not familiar that this was Tucker's blueprint until June. So some people are just assuming they didn't pay attention in 2022. They didn't see all these four stars. So they kind of just assumed, okay, Michigan State's going to be a continuation of Ohio, Michigan. But now... Anyone that had that misconception, June has awoken them. So your the brand has expanded. Yes. You're seeing 
um, the way that we're recruiting and, and about making this, you know, something that it's fun, mm -hmm. that it's, uh, relates to this young, young, right. young generation. Yeah. What are the chances of landing a 737 Airbus on the 50 yard line this weekend? Do you have any inside information for us? Um, I don't have any inside information <laughs> on that. I guess uh, if you want to make it happen, Brian, you got to start lobbying. You have, um, I have no 72 hours. I'm, I'm telling you because, <laughs> I mean, what's next? Yeah. Parachuting in. Yeah. Dropping uh, out of a helicopter. Yeah, helicopter this weekend and then a, a, a <laughs> private jet the next weekend. That, I don't know how you top, top the past weekend. Yeah. Coach Izzo. Coach, we got to get you sitting in a... A Lamborghini. <laughs> uh, we got to get you sitting in a, a Rolls Royce. A Rolls in. Royce, right? Put some sunglasses on you. Make sure you don't <laughs> look like Brian Kelly. But we got to get you there. Izzo has those Ferragamo loafers. He, he has he has that he has that juice to him. <laughs> you got that picture, Tuck. Look at him. Shit, they're all afraid of. Right there. Who's coming this weekend? Show us who's coming this weekend. Anybody? Yeah, we got um, uh, we got lots of kids coming up this weekend. We got nine guys, including Chase Basantis, who is one of the top targets on the entire board, regardless of position. Right underneath him, somebody that is very, very, um, I guess, under talked about so far by Job. He's a top 70 pass rusher in the entire nation. He's a guy that has pretty much every offer you can think of. Uh, I know he has an Alabama one, other ones as well. If Michigan State is able to land him, he would be one of their biggest commitments in a long time. He hasn't been talked about in that fashion, but now that he's here this weekend, he will get his due. He will get his coverage. Definitely a big-time target there. Elliott Washington, the Alabama safety commit, um, came to Michigan State for the spring game. Really, really enjoyed his time here. Michigan State is going to work with him. Imagine flipping a Nick Saban defensive back recruit that Nick Saban really wants. I think that would send a lot of shockwaves. And then you have Miles McVay and Peyton Kirkland, the two big offensive tackles that Michigan State's been recruiting for a while. Those two four stars have the size to play right away. And then you have Andrew and Michael Harris, twin brothers from Florida. Both of them four stars, both of them good in their own regard. Um, a package deal where both guys are worthy of playing at Michigan State. And then you have Trevor Lauk, an offensive tackle. That's a top 400 guy. Also not talked about as much this cycle as he would be in a normal one. And He's a guy that, that the staff really likes. He has an Ohio State offer. Um, and then Paul Billups, a wide receiver from Virginia, is also going to be on the trip this weekend. Got some star power coming in. That's right. We got some uh, Mama Hall. Thank yeah. you for your uh, comments. Yeah. We uh, appreciate you. When you raise a, a fine young man, that is your legacy. So we appreciate you. We appreciate Spartan Nation appreciates you. And... Uh, Help us recruit some of these young men come here because my mother always, God rest her soul, always protected me. And so uh, you raised a fine young man, and we're going to take good care of him in East Lansing. We appreciate you. Totally appreciate you. Play that TK video for us. Is he ready? Tulsa turns it over. Off to Kelly. Dribble, drive, spin, layup, up there, good. Well, it's going to be great to welcome a <laughs> former Spartan. I should say an all-time Spartan, Thomas Kelly, who was here when I recruited him, but was here my first year as head coach. So it brings back a lot of great memories of the past. TK is one of those guys that is loved by everyone at Michigan State. I think all the former players. He's an incredibly hardworking guy. He came here, got his degree, moved on, went over to Europe, and then came back and was a GA later on in his life just to get into the coaching field. So I must say that I'm excited anytime I can get a former player back on the staff. But having a guy like Thomas Kelly, who has been a big part of what we've done here, now to help us take this thing one farther step and get that second national championship. Get that second <clears throat> national championship. Are we going to get that one, Justin? They're working at it. We are. We got a guy that's going to help us get that second natty. Thomas Kelly, is he available? Is he ready? Not here yet. All right, well, 
We're going to get TK to join us soon. So I remember TK. TK was on our back end. So when I, I went to 92 to 96, I believe he got there in 94. Yeah. Um, what's interesting about TK is he uh, was part of three different yeah. head coaches at Western Michigan. Yeah. And he brings a different kind of skill set. Yeah. To, you know, is his thinking yeah. much needed coming into East Lansing? Yeah, I think he's a guy that can bring some fresh ideas. Uh, he spent the last few years at Western Michigan, you know, outside of the Michigan State family. Um, obviously, now DJ is there, but uh, two other coaches there in the past that he's worked for. So I think those are some uh, new ideas that he can bring in. I'm looking forward to see what he'll do. So he was there from 94 to 99. He uh, was was part of Izzo's uh, first Final Four team. Yeah. Is, uh, yeah. And... Really, I remember him when yeah. I was there. You know, I mean, right. he's uh, he's actually played. He played 115 games at MSU. He played. He was overseas for almost a decade. Yeah. And uh, what do you call it? Uh, he worked two years under Izzo yeah. as a as a GA. Yeah. Graduate uh, yeah. assistant, uh, yeah. beginning in 2015. Yeah. But I think what's most telling about him is yeah. that. Uh, he uh, he was able to survive three administrations at Western Michigan. Yeah, on you know that that to me speaks volumes. Right, that you you provide tremendous value to the program. Yeah, and in this new era of NIL, portal, all these things. Yeah, you know social media. Yeah, he is a he is somebody that I think is going yeah. to be highly coveted for this uh, for the program. Mm-hmm. And you know, coach is. I mean, coach yeah. wants somebody that. He's comfortable with. Yeah. He knows. Yep. He trusts. You know, yeah. you see that with his staff and yeah. OG. And all, yeah, and, and all Monty, the kids. Yeah. All the kids. I mean, everybody's yeah. been there, knows exactly, uh, yeah. what do you call it? Uh, yeah. What, what, you know, this is, this is coach's comfort level. Yeah. Absolutely coach's comfort level. Yeah. So I personally think it's a great hire. I agree. I, I think, uh, I think that uh, Michigan State got another guy that, is a heart and soul kind of guy. I've heard great things from when he was a grad assistant here and when he was coaching at Western that the players really buy into him. He's a guy they want to play hard for. He's a guy that does right by the kids in any and every regard. So I think uh, in terms of the culture that Tom Izzo has built here, I think uh, Coach <coughs> Kelly would fit in great in that regard. And um, we'll see what he does. So, you know, we're having technical difficulties. Yeah. Um, we'll get him on here as soon as we can. But... Yep. Uh, when you look at the way Izzo has built his staff, right? Yeah. I mean, so he's, he replaced Dwayne yeah. with, uh, with uh, Monty. Yeah. OG with Mike Garland. Yeah. Where do you see this going? Anywhere in particular? Uh, any- yeah, so uh, OG, ever since, um, I think it was, it's been a year now, he was kind of more in an advisory off the bench role. Um, and then as a result, I think the person that he'd be replaced by would also be an off the court role, maybe a director of recruiting, um, something in that sort of sense. So I think uh, that's where Michigan State can go ahead and get someone that only handles recruiting, dedicated to that all the time. Uh, maybe he could uh, have a lot of activity next year in the portal as a result. And then, um, yeah, the current assistant coaching staff, uh, I think they've gotten younger. You have Coach Monty here, who was hired a couple years ago. He's doing a phenomenal job recruiting. Um, pretty much every recruit that Michigan State's in on, they compliment Coach Monty and Coach Izzo. And uh, you have uh, now Coach Kelly entering. He's uh, on the younger side of things, so it's a, it's a, sha- it's a staff that's well-formulated, and uh, we'll see what they do here on the recruiting trail. So, so who fills OG's spot? Yeah. Well, it would be a director of recruiting, sort of, off, off the court sort of thing. I don't have a name in mind, but... Yeah, because OG wasn't an assistant coach at the yeah, time a, if he retired. Sure. Yeah, so he wasn't off the he wasn't on the bench. I think he was sitting on the bench, but he wasn't on the bench in terms of his title. So, um, yeah, in that regard, I think that'll be a director of recruiting sort of direction. Do you guys have that tweet from Mike Garland that we can show? Right there. Mike Garland, I'll tell you. You know, you can't teach loyalty. And him and coaches will go way back, way back. And uh, it's, it's, it's pretty emotional him seeing him retire right now because of uh, he's just so close to coach. Yeah. They go back to college. Yeah. The trust, the loyalty, the camaraderie. Mm-hmm. You know, like you can't replace that. Yeah. 
And that's where I think Coach Ezzo looks. He looks for his, you know, the, the ones that he trusts. Yeah. One thing about Coach Ez that I think is uh, admirable, admirable sometimes to a fault, yeah. is that uh, he values loyalty so much. And and I, I, I guess... I guess it's not to a fault because yeah. if you value loyalty that much, that's a quality. Yeah, and then people buy in more. They do. They absolutely buy in more. And yeah. coach, coach is a so loyal, and uh, you know he was so coached to OG, so so close to him, so yeah. loyal to him. Mm-hmm. You know, I can't. I mean, I think that's something that that's forgotten nowadays. Yeah, we live in such a transactional world. Yeah, right. It's so forgotten. I yeah. mean, um, this next generation of coaches yeah do you see them being that loyal uh you know it's hard to say that they that they are i don't think you'll see another coach like coach Izzo um when he's gone you don't think Izzo will stay here another 20 years and get buried under the breslin he may he may i'm just saying when when coach Izzo is gone i don't know if there will be another coach like him after that oh no yeah no we won't yeah listen those of you, be careful what you wish for. Yeah. Because Coach is is a legend. Yeah. And he's going to do it one way. Yeah. He's going to do it his way. Yeah. And if he can't adapt, he will walk. And I, uh, I, I respect that. Yeah. You know? So he knows the landscape's changing. Mm-hmm. And adapt, adapting's hard. Yeah. It's really hard. I mean, changing mm-hmm. what you believe in, changing philosophy changing some of those things yeah you know when you're old school mm-hmm. when they've worked so well for so long yeah it's hard mm-hmm. it's not easy yeah change is never easy yeah while we wait for tk let's uh congratulate coach uh, sharonda mcdonald kelly mm-hmm. new softball coach congratulations yeah. coach happy to have you welcome aboard spartan nation welcomes you also want to welcome men's tennis coach. Want to congratulate Coach Harry Jadun. Tennis. Taking over for Coach Orlando, who I believe was there for 31 years. Coach, welcome. Welcome aboard. We appreciate. We welcome you. Welcome to Spartan Nation. And uh, we're excited to have you. So, yeah, really, really excited. For sure. Maybe we might have to have TK on another show. But... Uh, why don't we get into that last segment? Talk about play it, play the video. Let's talk about the run free. I mean, that's exactly what the criticism of Michigan State is that they only care about beating Michigan. Correct. And they are obsessed with beating Michigan, Correct. not with winning championships. I pay for my kid to go to that school, and I can't root for them <laughs> because of that. Do you understand what right. it does to me? So it. So, made, but I was in that stadium last year, mm-hmm. sitting amongst them, and you know what? I had a great time watching that game, even though Michigan lost. I had a great time. That was one of the greatest college was, games. Yeah, that it was, was a great, phenomenal honestly. freaking game, game. Yeah. and I didn't feel bad at the end of that game. No, I felt I, good for them. I didn't for feel the bad first either. Time Michigan ever, probably should have won. For the I, first I, I time ever, I felt good for them. But yet, then I hear Tuck coming, and it just, it's, it, it just, it, it cuts me like a nut. <laughs> Nothing to me is more enjoyable than hearing Tuck coming, cutting him like a knife. To me, in my opinion, run free. We're living in everybody's head. And I went on... Armani and Braylon show today and I even got a go white from uh, Armani but clearly Tuck is in everybody's head clearly because when you read uh, the media reports social media all the other news outlets you clearly see the focus is on one man and probably Nothing that we have ever seen in our lifetime, and you're younger. Yeah. But it's talk, 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 talk. When you compare the news 
that Tuck is generating to that school down the road. Yeah. When I hear these other reporters, or I'm sorry, uh, radio, Ryan Armani is a good man. Very good man. You know, Spartans, whatever you think of Braylon, I had a long talk with him. Not a bad dude. Just doing what they're doing, right? I mean, there's not going to be a lot of U of M fans that like me either. But clearly, clearly, they all see Tuck coming. And they're all... They're all nervous about it. What's your take on the streets? So my thing is, is Michigan plan, Michigan fans play on both sides of the fence when it comes to when they talk about Michigan State and their expectations. So two days ago on Twitter, the trending topic was uh, people were making the argument that Coach Tucker is going to win a national title at Michigan State before he leaves, right? So the Michigan State fans were saying they believe that's possible and Michigan fans were coming in and saying how delusional that was and had uh, all these comments about, oh, Michigan State fans, they can think they can win a title. Then 24 hours later, Armani goes, oh, Michigan State fans only care about beating Michigan, not winning national titles. So they can't have it both ways. They can't say, oh, Michigan State fans only care about Michigan. And then also say, ha, look, Michigan State thinks they can win a national title. Because right now, it just seems like they're finding and manufacturing ways to talk about Michigan State, if you ask me. And there's no consistency in their standpoints. But, but that's why it's run-free. Yep, because that's what I'm saying. all they're reading about is Tuck and MSU's recruiting. So when you get Ryan Armani talking about it, and you get Braylon Edwards talking about it, and then Maz, Mazaway talking about how it's a knife cutting, we win. We're winning. It's that simple. So you three have clearly seen what we see. Talk coming. It's that simple. It's really that simple. So it's all about, you know, when I go back to the rivalry and, and this perception that MSU fans are obsessed with the rivalry, it's a rivalry. MSU fans are obsessed with beating Michigan. Michigan's Ohio State fans are obsessed with beating Michigan. It matters more to both those fan bases, to both those teams, than it does to the folks in Ann Arbor. It matters more. There's not an elitist mentality. There's not, you know, we you're not our main game on the schedule. You're not someone that, uh, you know, you're just another game, like Harbaugh said one year. That attitude in itself is why the University of Michigan is 4-10 and 10 against Michigan State over the last 14 years and 2-18 and 18 against Ohio State over the last 20 years because at those two programs, that game matters more. Those two programs do not believe they invented the game of football. Those two programs do not believe it's 1981 and a cloud of dust and the big two and little eight. They don't. There's a big difference. A big difference. There's not this elitist mentality. So I think we don't have a bunch of Walmarters either. No offense. I mean, I get it. We're all fans, right? But it just, I've talked to Ohio State players. I've talked to Michigan State players and Michigan players. And even Braylon agreed with me today that there is a premium that those two programs put on that game as opposed to the ones in Ann Arbor who say that it's just another game and it's important. Now, this past year, I felt Michigan came out against Ohio State, and it mattered. It mattered, and they pounded the ball down their throat, and kudos to them. you got to give them credit because that narrative mattered. And so when when... Just like I said earlier today, when 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 uh, they came into our place, I think in 14, and put a spike in the ground, I think they were like 2-9. and nine. And after the game, Coach D was so upset and said, it's not the coach, it's the program. That, that resonates. It carries weight. It's a culture issue. It's not just Michigan, Ohio State, Michigan State. It's a, the culture around the programs. And that's why... why that's why it's so important about when it matters. Justin, you have anything? 
Yeah, I think at the end of the day, um, Michigan fans tried to put down Michigan State for caring enough to win these games. I think uh, it would just be easier for Michigan State, um, or sorry, Michigan fans to maybe embrace the game as much. If they think the only reason Michigan State wins is because they're obsessed with it, then kind of after 4-10 and 10 for the last 14 years, the logical step would be to become obsessed with it. But, I mean, yeah, at the end of the day, um, Michigan State goes 2-0 under Tucker, has a wide margin in the last 14 years, and Michigan State fans um, are still talked down upon for, for loving the game, for living the game. Meanwhile, Michigan fans are losing it, saying it doesn't matter, and they think that they're in the right for having that sort of perception on it. But I don't know, just don't, just don't think that adds up whatsoever. I think you should be taking pride in the games you win and not downplaying the games that you lose because saying that you only lost because you don't care sounds pretty dumb to me. I mean, you, um, and listen, I have a lot of, I have a lot of Michigan uh, guys that played there I have a ton of respect for. I have a lot of uh, folks that I know that gra actually graduated from there that can say we when they refer to them. Um, but the emphasis, the, the perceived emphasis on the, on the Michigan State-Michigan rivalry, the downplaying that's done in Ann Arbor, not only by the players, but by the fan base, it, it resonates in East Lansing. That downplaying, when Harbaugh says, Ohio State game is just another game, and Jim Trussell comes out and talks about you know, what we're going to do in 364 days. And D'Antonio comes out and says, it'll never be over. It's just getting started. That resonates not only with the fan base, but with the programs. It does. And when you feed into the disrespect, when you feed into the, we don't care. It's another game. You, you only care about beating us. When we feed into all that, that only fuels the fire. So if I could give anybody any advice in Ann Arbor, including Ryan Armani, Maz, and Braylon, keep it up. Keep talking. Because talk coming. It's that simple. So buckle up. Enjoy the ride. Or not enjoy it. It's happening. Nobody's going to stop it. And only time will tell how this thing transpires. Justin? I think that sums it up very well. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, we had some technical difficulties. We will get Thomas Kelly back on the show or one day on the show. We'll get TK on here. I'm a few choice words for him because he was a, a youngster when I was there. So uh, we'll get him back involved. So ladies and gentlemen, Thank you for joining Inside the Locker Room. I am Brian Masalam, along with my co-host, Justin Thin. Thank you for joining us. Good night, everybody. Go green. God bless. How powerful is Cox Internet? So powerful that one day, your daughter will be able to simulate a soccer match against some of the world's best players right from your backyard. Get gig speeds powered by fiber from Cox. It's internet built for tomorrow, today. Internet delivered through Cox's hybrid fiber coax network. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions apply.